welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com, calling live this week from Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. And we have got a great show lined up for you guys today, if I can ever get to the control panel and unmute people. We have got the co-host of this show, the traffic master himself, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean of Directions University, calling in live from Richmond, Indiana. Hello, Jack. Hello. From very, very cold Richmond, Indiana. You know what? It isn't that warm here in Florida today either. (laughs) I love how you try to make it seem like you're like one of us, but no. It's warm in Florida right now. (laughs) It's cold to you. I don't know. We're in the 50s, as our guest can attest to. Oof. Now you guys might be calling out the National Guard. (laughs) I know. I will let you do the honors of telling everybody who we have with us today. Uh, Ross? Is it Ross Goldberg? It would be Ross Goldberg, the traffic master, as we like to say. How you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in 52 years, I think. It's been at least three or four years since I last saw you, Jack. Uh, it might even have been at a Stompernet event, which means it may even be longer than three or four years. But, um, yeah, it's, it's oh, been yeah. a while. Um, yeah, I am here, and you know what, Jack? You're absolutely right. It is cold to us in Florida, but there is no comparison to what you're experiencing. There is no doubt <laughs> that it is much colder up by you. However, if well, you walk out of yeah, your, I mean, your it, house in our area, it, it's embarrassing what you see because it. Gina's right, it's 50 degrees, but it, people walk around looking like it's negative 30. <laughs> I'll admit yeah. to looking like that as we speak. Even I'm though there's no snow on the ground, they're probably having more accidents, you know, from cold-related accidents, from sliding on the imaginary uh, ice. <laughs> you know what, Jack? The the sad part about Florida is there is a gigantic stupid magnet that has to be buried somewhere in the middle of the state. Uh, Gina and I are exceptions, of course, but uh, there is something about Florida that it seems to attract the dumbest people on the planet. Really Again, does. it just makes us look better, but it's it's got to be a Florida thing. So, uh, yes, it is a hazard to be driving in this weather because people think that there must be ice on the ground or something similar. Uh, of course, they're mistaken. <laughs> it's not cold enough. <laughs> it's but, just uh, wet. <laughs> yes, it's a little damp. I wouldn't even call it wet. But uh, for Florida, as far as it's concerned right now, it definitely isn't very nice outside. Well, I'm, I'll, we'll we'll send you guys a muffin basket and hope for the best that you can get through this trying time while we're <laughs> yeah. up here with our snow plows. We'll be back to 80 <laughs> by Thursday, I'm told. Yes, and, and the nice thing is Gina and I are 15 minutes apart, so you can send stuff for me straight to her. I can just go pick it up. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be there faster. Exactly. <laughs> Well, so as everybody knows, and if you don't, just nod like you do, uh, Ross Goldberg has been around for quite a while. When did you start? What was what was your magical year? 2006. So it's, Oh, it's you're been, a hobby. Yeah. I'm trying in, to make you sound like no. an immortal. <laughs> well, I, I've been around for nine years. Actually, it was 2005. It was mid-2005, so I just broke the nine-year okay. barrier. But no, you know, I wasn't here since the BBS boards and all that other craziness. I was just a kid. Um, so yeah. nine years ago, I started my business and uh, nearly died, which put me in a position where I really uh, – honestly, I was in a wheelchair for a while. So all I did was work. Uh, I wasn't much of a human being outside of – all I did was – poke at my keyboard so um while i I Mm. regained my health and got better and everything else and uh 
Yeah, so uh, I Would was one of the few internet marketing. Would you tell the whole story? Would you want you me mind, to tell the whole story? Terribly? Not at all. Would you um, mind? Uh, oh, I would be <clears throat> so honored if you would. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I'm going to tell it a little differently because uh, I want to make sure I kind of get the whole gist of everything. I was a young thug. Uh, I was a gangbanger. In fact, ended up a gang leader. And uh, my brother decided he wanted to go into the Army, and there was a recruiter in, in our living room. And here I am, this big, tough guy, big being five foot seven or five foot six at the time. But uh, I had a present. And uh, the, the, you could see the recruiter worried that I was going to knock him out of his chair because I was being very forceful with my questions, and I really wanted to understand. And before I knew it, I joined the Army. And it was the oddest combination under the sun, a uh, uh, thug joining the military. But the truth was I didn't want to be human garbage anymore. I, I knew that if I wanted a future and for that future not to be either in prison or cut off completely as in dead, I needed to make changes. So I joined the Army, and I was actually running a gang while in basic training from the payphone. So um, kind of got myself together, got my head together at least, and uh, – Came home and had some issues with the military, long story, but I, I got hurt in training. So I was dealing with that and all messed up, and I was trying to work, and I was in huge amounts of pain and on lots of medication and all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, I couldn't hold a job. Come to find out I had uh, immense pain, and they gave, they claimed I had fibromyalgia, but the truth was I, I really don't think that's the case. So going through this process for years of trying to figure out what the heck's wrong with me, why I couldn't hold a job. I was in retail management and I just couldn't walk 60 hours a week on my feet throughout these stores. And I was having major issues. So I went to the VA, they gave me 20% disability and said, let's put you through school since you can't do this retail management thing. So I'm uh, doing my thing and, and going through school and, we were living on a thousand bucks a month. My uh, now ex-wife and I were married and uh, <laughs> had, she had a child and we had two of mine and my youngest was six months old. Now he's nine. So um, I turned to her and I said, I'm going to do the internet thing and, and I'm going to find some stuff I can sell. So I uh, kind of dove straight in, found products that I could have drop shipped and was selling them on eBay. So about a week after I set this up, my body starts shutting off and it actually infected the bathroom stuff. So I couldn't pee at all. And I had trouble doing the other end, but that was because of all the pills that I was on. So um, go to the emergency room, have my bladder drained, get sent home. So next day, same exact thing. I literally could not pee. I didn't know what was going on. On day three, I started hallucinating and talking about the world ending and I couldn't move my legs. Uh, in a coherent moment, I turned to my well, then wife, and said, honey, call 911. So she did, and I got into the emergency room. They made me go number one and two, and uh, then tried to send me home. And my, my wife, again, she, we're not married anymore, but my wife turned to him and said, what do you want me to do, flip him over my shoulder, uh, carry him home? He can't walk. There's something seriously wrong here, and you guys really need to figure this out. By morning, I was in a coma. So I was comatose for 10 days, uh, woke up paralyzed, but after a few days was able to start moving my legs and went through very intensive rehab and that kind of stuff. And I go home and come to find out that I made $1,000 profit while in the coma. My ex-wife had figured out how to fulfill the orders because I hadn't told anyone what I was doing or explained it to anyone. I was a complete newbie, so I had no processes worked out. No one knew how to do what I was doing. So I went home and I dove straight face first into my business. And uh, a decade ago, the internet was a very different place. Uh, Google was just starting to become something and internet marketing was a completely different thing. The social stuff was just starting and the internet was really growing very quickly at that time. But all I did 16 hours a day in a wheelchair was sit at my computer and try to figure out how to sell more stuff. And to me, that was getting more eyeballs because the beauty of eBay, which of course I did not know at the time, was that people go there to look for stuff to buy. All it is is a buyer search engine. So 
I was I actually ended up outselling my suppliers who were also on eBay because what I did was take all the best stuff from all of their ads and put it into mine. Because I had no idea how to write sales copy. I mean, I, I logically could figure out, okay, start with this thing and with this thing and throw this stuff in the middle. But that was really the gist of it. So over a year, I created a website and thought I had to do all this stuff on my own. So I, I was foolish enough to learn HTML instead of just paying someone a few hundred dollars to build a website for me. Eventually, <laughs> I got smart and paid someone to build a nicer website because the Yahoo store that I built by hand was the ugliest thing ever created. And, of course, I, I don't think it made me more than a few dollars over the time that that was my website. So over the process of my first year, we did half a million dollars in sales of memory foam mattress, pillows, and other interesting foam products. And uh, at that point, got robbed by a vendor. So it, it ended up, I handled it just about as badly as possible, and it ended up leaving that company $25,000 in debt. And uh, I had to shut it down, and I had to do something different. So I, uh, after getting everybody their money back through their credit card companies, turned to my ex-wife and said, honey, now what? Well, she said, you know, you, you got us to rank really well in the search engines. Maybe you could do that for other companies. So I tried that next. And uh, at that point in my life, I was a walking ball of rage. So dealing with customers was probably a very bad idea. I still, you know, fulfilled all my stuff. But 90 days after that, I, I, was, I couldn't deal with the customer side of things. So I turned to her again. I said, honey, now what? She said, well, if you can't do it for him, why don't you teach him? And that was history. So um, a few years after I started the teaching stuff, I got into software, and I have uh, a lot of software products that have been created uh, based upon my ideas over the years. Um, my best-selling product, the Traffic Manifesto, has sold over 11,000 units. I turned it into a book, and it sold a few thousand more. I'm now a best-selling author. I was the vice president of marketing at Stompernet. I uh, started off as their faculty, worked as their copywriter for a little while, and uh, ended as their vice president of marketing. So uh, I kind of have a history of being told you, that's not possible and then doing it. I have a very interesting background, which makes me different from just about any other teacher or guru or honestly probably any person you've ever met. I'm just unique. So um, – over the years, I've, I've become a very good teacher, and I teach things only that will work. So uh, very rarely do I recommend robotic software or things like that because the truth is it's really hard to build a business when you've got a robot doing the work, and honestly, that stuff doesn't work for very long anyway. So I really teach a lot of organic marketing, but over time, being that paid marketing is important as well, I've become pretty good at that too. So I consider myself the best all-around traffic guy there is. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm better at Jack than, honestly, anything he does. What I'm saying is that I'm extremely well-rounded as far as generating traffic is concerned on the Internet. I'm good at writing copy, too, but I focus on my proficiency, which is honestly a really good understanding of the way the Internet works. Uh, I compare it to when Neo first discovered the Matrix in the Matrix movies, when he actually saw the code. That's how I see with how the Internet functions for us as users and us as business owners. So uh, I honestly believe that I have a deeper understanding of that than almost anybody else. So I hope I didn't go too long in my story, but I think I covered everything of importance. Now here's the really funny part. Jack says the exact same thing about the Matrix. So now I'm shutting up and you guys are taking it from there. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say that's exactly I've used that so many times, but it's really it's really a good way to put it because it's like uh, uh, you you look at the other people who you consider in this metaphor in the matrix, and you can clearly see that they're not seeing what you see. Like they, they they're not seeing the black cat go across the the doorway twice. They're just totally immersed in this thing they think is totally real, which is the internet. And with their level of understanding, they I mean, it's like, really? And sometimes, have you ever felt guilty teaching them stuff that you just assumed everybody would know already? Have you ever done that? Like, why don't you know Honestly, this already? <clears throat> I was so to the point that people couldn't figure out what I was trying to tell them to do in the beginning. 
And mm-hmm. like I said, I was a walking ball of rage. So <clears throat> my response was, okay, dumbass. Well, over the years, I realized people <laughs> don't respond well to that. Um, no, they don't like that. And I've <laughs> let go of the anger, which was honestly a big turning point in my life and my business. But that's another story entirely. And uh, it, you know what, Jack? Absolutely, I've been in that point where it's like, how do you not know this already? And uh, that's mm-hmm. actually what has made me a really good teacher is over the years figuring out how much to dumb it down without making it look like, okay, here it is, dummy. <laughs> At one point <laughs> yeah. in my business, I believe I've said that before, but it, it, it's really a thin line when you're teaching people how to do this stuff between giving them exactly what they need or giving them so much that it's hard to swallow or not giving them enough so they don't understand. It's really a balancing act and it's an art as much as a science. It is. And and, and it compounds itself when people aren't really communicating what's really going on in their mind. A lot of people don't want to look dumb. They don't want to ask stupid questions, what they consider stupid questions. So you never really know exactly where they're at sometimes. You're, you're, I mean, are you really getting this or not? Is the market ready for this or not? And uh, in this way and, and said in this way and put together this way, and, and a lot of people will carry themselves out there and, and, and say, oh, yeah, totally, totally. And then you go and check out what they did, and it's like, oh, my God, you don't, you don't get this at all. Oh, wow, okay. So now, and then that takes a lot of time, right? You've taken a lot of time to hone your craft in that teaching part where you're like, okay, you know how to – ask more probing questions to get to the root of what people really actually know and need and want and, you know, uh, what their real level of understanding is, right? Because you can never take what they say on the face usually as a uh, gospel because you'll get embarrassed later or they'll get mad later or, you know, at some point if they don't understand, it's going to come out and it's usually not going to reflect well on them or their business and they're going to get mad at you. And sounds like you've been through some of the tri- trials and tribulations that I have like to the letter. Oh, absolutely. Um, Stompernet was a business that I loved. I breathed it as though it was my own. It went through some major changes while I was there, but eventually I had to figure out that even though I knew what was needed to fix things that were problematic, that they were never going to be put into play and I had to leave. And look at it now, I left it actually the absolute perfect moment (laughs) So um, yeah. I, I feel bad because a couple of my friends were still there, uh, from Brad Fallon, who was the CEO, to Lee Collins, who managed it for years. Um, I'm still friendly yeah. with both of them, and, and I almost feel bad saying it. However, I was the one who ducked and ran at the perfect moment. Yeah. Well, you hadn't ducked and run very well up to that point in life, so you had learned from those mistakes probably, too. <laughs> time to duck You know what? Time. Yeah. And That's who would very blame true. You? <laughs> Well, and I had a bad habit of diving at solutions that really weren't the solution. Um, you know, partnering up with people that I should not have partnered with and working with people that would not put in the same amount of work I did. And, you know, uh, uh, that's just a crappy situation. And eventually, as time goes on, you learn not to make those same mistakes over and over again. And thankfully, uh, I actually tell people I failed my way to success because I did such stupid things that eventually I'd made so many mistakes that I almost couldn't make anymore. Of course, I found new creative ways to make mistakes, but um, <laughs> as far as my, as far as the, was when you're good at something, I, you know, it's hard to let it go, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you're so good at screwing up, why not just keep doing it? But, um, right. This is the best the thing my, I've been the best at. Right. You and me both, bud. But, uh, <laughs> Honestly, I'm smart enough to see when something goes right. Even if I could do a project and 80% of it could fail. But if little bits or pieces work, I would take that and apply it elsewhere. And that's actually how my traffic manifesto product got made, was uh, I created a simple traffic product. Then I made a social media thing and an affiliate thing and this other thing. And my best seller was my traffic product. And uh, Harris Feldman, one of my best friends, was like, dude, Stop throwing all this crap at the wall and do the one thing that you're good at. So I took mm-hmm. those other products and shoved them into my traffic one and just made it even better. So uh, there was yeah. another big traffic product that came up the last time I did a really big launch for it, which is probably five years ago. Um, 
my $37 product, I had customers telling me that bought the $400 one, and they were telling me that my $40 product gave them more. Mm-hmm. So it, it was jarring at the time. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting and jarring and fun. It was great to be told that my $40 product was better than the $400 one. But, um, yeah. yeah. Kind of makes you question the price point, though, doesn't it? <laughs> Damn oh, it. yes, it did, and uh, that's something I fixed for the new one. Well, in, in the truth was that it was actually, it, it was my style at the time, which was very straightforward. Do this. It works. Here are the pieces you need right. to know. So every traffic strategy would get two to three pages at best. Well, now it's been five years since then. And I know so much more. And I, now I understand yeah. the details that someone really needs to make something work. The, the internet has changed to a point that I could not even if I updated that original product and released it for $40, it wouldn't be doing a service to the audience because I know now the traffic is such an intricate thing. And every little piece, if you're missing the wrong detail, there's no way you'll ever be able to make it work. And I'm the one who has to be able to sleep at night. I couldn't sell a $40 product on traffic at this point in time uh, yeah. and you know, feel good about it because it wouldn't be enough. I'd be selling it for too little, and I wouldn't be giving enough data. There's no way. So um, my traffic manifesto product will be a few hundred dollars when it's finally released in the future. Um, I've sold it as a pre-order, and there's still 30 hours of training and 55 different PDF files in there, and the customers are okay. They're they're getting impatient. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm – in the middle of that, and Gina actually gave me a really good idea this morning on how to get it finalized much faster than it would have been before. But anyway. that's what Gina does. <laughs> yes, that well, is let, true. Let's talk about you that. Know let's this, talk about it a little bit. We can't plan it, what? sell it, create it, show it ah. to us. What did that? Yeah, yes, yes. Do when we finally figured it out, it saved my life because I was done. With any other form of marketing, I was absolutely done. I wouldn't go back into it if somebody offered me a whole bunch of money to do it, maybe a certain amount of money, but it would be so outrageously stupid, nobody would do it. Because I was done. I couldn't do it anymore that way, prep it and prep it and prep it, and the world still hasn't seen it. And every time you dig that hole a little deeper, you're mining for gold, but there could very well not be any gold to be found in that hole that you're digging. And yet you're putting all those time, that time and resources in, and I'd done that so much that I was done, and I was absolutely done. I would never do it, but I didn't have a plan either, so I was kind of floating around, uh, you know, 2010 to 2011, 2012 a little bit, and uh, not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And then Gina came by with all this, you know, I call her, she's she's one of the best business minds on the planet for strategy and, and uh, tactics for setting up a really, really good, solid business and taking an idea and actually making it something that can be a business. And I was just amazed at, oh, my God, there's a way out of this. Because at that time, I was like, oh, God, I'm just not going to create another product blind. You know, the market will, like I said before, the market will tell you things that aren't really actually true. And they'll say, oh, yeah, we want that. Oh, this is something that we can, or I understand this concept. You can go harder. You can go higher. You don't have to baby me along. And then they let you down. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, crap, you guys were lying all the way. You didn't know anything about this. I needed to back up, but yet I have this product finished. What the heck do I do with it? So I was just like, that's it. I'm not doing that anymore. And, uh, And when I found Gina, she gave me a way out, you know, plan it, sell it, and create it. Absolutely. You'll like the new one that I'm working yeah. on. I'm uh, putting out uh, – I'm not even going to give the name of the product because who knows? I could change my mind before it comes out. But what I'm developing is a system that shows content syndication in a Google-friendly way. I was I, I mentioned mm, to Gina nice. when we talked last that uh, the problem is that if you put out content the way that I used to three, four years ago, you could literally get your website de-indexed. And um, mm-hmm. it sounds so simple, but doing that right, most people just aren't. I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. most people just aren't. You you cannot build well, think, links. Think about you know. how quickly, how quickly the the change was made. That content was getting you somewhere, and then all of a sudden, it wasn't. It wasn't a gradual thing. But everybody's courses are all in ClickBank and JVZoo and everywhere else, still espousing the use of 
that type of content marketing. People are buying it, and then they're doing it, and then they're getting de-indexed. It's like, right. whoa. It, it, people didn't start stripping down their products and taking them off the market. Nobody did that I could see and say, well, this isn't working anymore because if it was still selling, they left it up. But it was damaging information, which is why I always encourage people to stay, you know, look at the date on everything now. Because even if right. it was six months ago, it could be damaging to your business to do uh, that tactic. And it's not that that person is being evil. They might have just had a blog post six months ago that said, do this. And they're counting on you to be responsible and look at the date and go, is this still relevant? And then you have to triangulate little GPS and go, all right, well, if Jack's saying this, is Ross also saying this? Is Gina right. also saying this? And then, okay, it must still be relevant. It must still be true. But until that's done, you, you're not being very responsible with your business to go off information that's just out there. You have to know that the Internet is extremely dated in places. And, like, if you went and even found a copy of Power Linking from 2002, uh, I would not recommend you do anything in that book, very, very right. little of it anyway. And then it, what, what part of it that is still good would you know how to do? if I wasn't there to tell you. So uh, luckily it's very, very hard to find a copy of Power Linking now, the first edition, you know, and there were several after that, and all of those are out of date now. So if I ever revise that title, you know, you want to look at the date. Power Linking, uh, it should say 2015 or something on it the next time you see that title, or Runaway Screaming, and I'm telling you that about my own right. product. But it's true. Well, hey, it's my, my book, my book, the link-building advice that spread throughout my book that's still on Amazon, and still selling here and there, it's not accurate. So it dawned on me that I've had that up for so long that instead of releasing a new version of my book, I have to update the old one. I'd be doing such yeah. a huge disservice to the few thousand people that have purchased that. Now, those that bought the hard copy, I can't really help too much. But at least for the Kindle version, I really don't have a choice. I have to update my old book. It's just the right thing to do. It's it's a very good positive attitude that you have toward that because somebody could also look at it and go, God, I'm a slave to everything I've done on the web because nothing ever goes away, and it's always right. there somewhere somehow, and it's archived and you know, and then somebody might find that it's really weird because you're so open, you're so out front, you're like readily available in the top ten results of Google. If somebody types in Ross Goldberg or Jack Humphrey, they'll find our Facebook page, they'll find everything else, and all of our up to date information. Yet. People will still, and maybe this is a testament to the fact that we know what we're doing when we do traffic, <laughs> is people will still find our old stuff in weird places with images that are broken and you know things we don't control. This just They ended up there on third-party sites and things like that, and they'll come back and say things that indicate, well, I just love your book, Power Linking, or, or uh, an old version of Authority Black Book or something like that. And I'm like, oh, don't love that. That's not – and then I'll point them in the right <laughs> direction, but – you know, right. you love the wrong thing. And how could you find that? I, I made it so easy for you to find what I'm talking about today, and you still found that old thing. You're a sleuth or a hell of a researcher, but people do it all the time. It happens constantly. And uh, I'm amazed at the entry pages on my blog. Uh, I got hacked a year and a half, two years ago, and thank God I had to rebuild it. And I lost all my pages. I didn't have backups. I made all the mistakes I knew better than to make. But it was honestly a good thing mm -hmm. because if some of those suggestions were still out there, I'd be mortified over people following that advice. Yeah, I know. And then you, you, you go, if you lose something, it's such a cathartic experience. You lose it, and you think, oh, my God, this is horrible. And then you let a little time pass, and you're like, I'm free. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't have to – like right. when I blew away the Friday traffic report, I totally took all the content and brought it over to Jack Humphrey, and then I just blew it away. If you go to FridayTrafficReport.com right now, it comes to Jack Humphrey. And that was the blog where being one of the first marketers ever to blog, and everybody else was laughing. They're like blogging. That's for little girls to talk about who they like in school and people's, you know, it's a diary. You're not, that's, you can't market with that. That Friday Traffic Report was the one. And I just was like, man, it's just everything's changed so much. It was part of my uh, little sabbatical that I had taken. Uh, not knowing exactly what direction to go, but knowing that I had a whole bunch of stuff I was still getting tons of traffic for in search, and uh, but it was some it wasn't what I cared about. Some of it I just didn't like talking about anymore. I was just tired of it, and I just blew it all away. And I was like, God, what am I doing? And then I was like, This is awesome. And I think when you're on the web and you're in business and you've been on it for a while, and it doesn't have to be as long as we have, but you know, not nearly. 
you have to restart. I really believe that. You have to you have to reboot and and blow some stuff away. Cuz man, what if you had to, you know, what if all the trials that you went through on on a personal level kept just coming up in search results and haunting you right now, all the stuff and you had to relive it all the time, being in a coma and being in the, I mean, you you've got personal ways of dealing with that. But what if it was just bombarding you all the time? You know, old stuff in the past, it's over, it's done, that you just don't want people being focused on. And, yeah, it would it would suck. So sometimes you just got to blow things away and start over. Not everybody, but, you know, it was right for me. It was right for me. Losing too. your stuff is sometimes good. <laughs> so we got 20 minutes before we have to do our last segment, and I wanted to get to some semi-concrete things because we can't go into the mega detail that you're going to have in your course of course on on anything but what are the main things that you're really interested in right now i, I know content marketing is uh of course there and but just any kind of tidbits you'd like to share and people could walk away and play with that idea and do some good for their business uh, in terms of traffic uh today oh did you just ask me the right question at the right time um <clears throat> i'm going to go off on um this is, I wouldn't call this a tangent, but I'm going to go off a little bit. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm I'm not quite as bad as most, but uh, I, I followed this trend as well. So as I'm sure you both know, video is huge right now. And uh, mm-hmm. the fact that it's huge, there's an obvious reason because it works. And there's all these softwares that will help you create staggering quality videos. We're talking animations and stuff. I mean, when I first started, the only way you could do that sort of thing was with um, After Effects. And you had to be basically a video oh, yeah. chemist to be, able to, to be able to figure out how to even do this right. kind of thing. You'd need a, a four-year degree. And now, no, you know, rocket, video maker rocket effects, scientists were calling in for yeah, tech support. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and now there's Video Maker Effects, uh, Easy Sketch Pro, and then this Explainio, the new one. I couldn't even outright recommend the new one. Um, I had to explain to people, this is for you if, not this is for you. It it was a very interesting situation. But anyways, um, I digress. My point is, if you own any of those three and you aren't creating videos, go walk in the wall a few times, bang your head into it, and knock some sense into yourself. Do it. Get to it now. Pick one if you own all three. Start creating video. I can't tell you how frustrating it is to me to hear from my customers, yeah, I bought X product based upon your recommendation, but I haven't opened it yet. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Really? Why would you spend money on something to collect digital dust on your hard drive? It's a a huge pet peeve of mine, but the video thing specifically, we've never in internet marketing, and I've been doing this specific thing for a little over eight years, we've never had a product that has sold over 20,000 units in a week or two. We have never had that until the last year or so. Um, All three of those products have sold over 20,000 units in their launch week. That's a huge indication of demand. So obviously there's money there. I understand that. But as a customer, if you purchase those and have not created any videos, reprimand yourself, kick yourself in the behind for waiting so long, and start creating some content. Use that software. It's not in any of the three of them. None of them are hard to figure out. And it doesn't matter if your video is 30 seconds. Create it, distribute it, and get it out there on the freaking Internet so it can start working for you because that's what you bought it for in the first place. Um, well, therein okay, lies so the that, problem, right? I mean, the, the reason that people, I think, I mean, because I've watched a bunch of people through our affiliate link buy those pieces of software, and then Joel Combs follow up to, hey, you're going to need graphics for this, and his thing sold like gangbusters, right? I can't remember what it was called, but it was just the graphics package to give you ideas for, you know, what to put in the videos. But isn't that the sure. problem? Like, when, when even if you tell people about blogging, and you're like, blog. Get posts up because Google now you don't even have to do 5% density of keywords or any of that geeky SEO stuff. Just talk to your people, and Google now knows how to figure out the relevancy of that based on what's in it and what people are saying about it. So you don't have to worry. So we took all of that away, and people are still not blogging the way that they should. 
You know, they're just not doing it. And I think it's really a creativity issue. When the, I, I've got this software, and it can do all this stuff to make video, but what do I make videos out of? Like, what am I going to do? Because this is the one thing that I'd, I haven't seen hardly anything in the Internet marketing world ever since I began on how to be creative, how to think, how to, how to dream up ideas. And people watch us do it all the time. They look at our headlines. They look at our hooks. They look at all this stuff, and they're like, oh, my God, that is awesome. How do you? And then they'll buy a product on how to do it, and then they won't do it because the creative element has always been left out of the training. And you can teach creativity. You can teach people how to do that, but nobody does it that I've ever seen. Do you think that's one of the main reasons that they're letting that stuff sit in the box, so to speak? Um, I think a lot of it is fear, to be completely honest. Yeah. I think a lot of it is fear over their – content sucking or not being good enough or um, saying the wrong thing and upsetting people. Honestly, when I create content, I hope I upset people. Uh, I, yeah. I want to polarize my audience. And uh, I'm, I welcome people telling me, dude, you were just a complete jerk. Sometimes I'm a complete jerk and I want to know when that happens so I can adjust and, you know, make changes. Um, Honestly, I believe the main problem is fear. Um, fear that they're not going to be smart enough to make the software work. Fear that their content is going to go in the wrong place and they're going to hurt themselves. Uh, when the big SEO backlash hit in uh, 2012, when Google made their first major changes to the way their algorithm works, I spent six months where I wouldn't even mention the letters SEO. I didn't want to yeah. go anywhere near it because I had to stop and I wanted to watch and see what the hell they just did. Because it still didn't yeah. make any sense yeah. to me. Um, now, two years later, I can give the best SEO advice on earth. It's called common sense. That's it. Yeah. It's called common sense. If, you, we, if, if it yeah, works, Google destroyed that industry like they destroyed uh, all kinds of things. When they made Google Docs free, I mean, what is everybody using Word on their computer for anymore? When when people I mean, Google disrupts every single industry at any point they can. They make it all free. And they did the right. same thing with search. And nobody really actually make, connected those dots, but that's exactly what they did. They took all of the thinking out of it. It's very, very simple now. Therefore, if you have a big SEO firm, you're in trouble. You have not an SEO firm anymore. You have a content marketing firm. It's a completely different beast, but people are calling it SEO at, at the same time <laughs> just because they're so invested. Some people, you know, a decade or more in SEO – uh, and a brand and everything else, and Google just usurped it like they did for so many other companies in so many other areas. But I haven't seen any SEOs admit to that fact either. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it, I could still consider myself an SEO to a certain point. I don't take on clients because right. I don't want to run the risk of ruining someone's business if Google farts sideways and completely flips the Internet on its head tomorrow. However, yeah. uh, I'm comfortable giving the advice that I give now because – it's not something – I actually, when I give someone guidance on SEO, it's 1,000% more reserved than I would have given two years ago. Mm -hmm. It's way more careful. Oh, yeah. And um, I believe the way I look at SEO now is, is nearly future-proof because right. it's based upon common sense. It's very simple. If the Internet can't do what you're thinking of doing to market your business to Google or wherever else, don't do it. Yeah. It's just that simple. If you can't gain a link to your website by some visitor doing what you're thinking of doing, simply don't do it or no follow the link back to your website. Because click-through traffic is awesome. Um, I talk to people all the time, and, and they talk Google, 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 Google. They're still Bing. They're still Yahoo. But Ezine Articles is a search engine. Yeah. Um, YouTube is a search engine. Daily Motion, Vimeo is a search engine. Any website that accepts content submission is a potential traffic driver for your website and your business. Honestly. Right. Any website. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to rank in easyinarticles.com than it is to rank in Google. Oh, yeah. Even if well, they're using yeah, a I mean, it's really Google just the search context. But isn't it just the context? I mean, it's. Unless you have the time to say what you just said to people, 
they can make so many mistakes about what you mean when you say SEO and getting links and link building until you have time to put it in the right context of what it means today because they will they will have any number of iterations of outdated information. You know, Google is part of the problem and the solution, but they update all the time. They do hummingbird and blow everything that ever came before it away in a sense, but only – you know, you and I and some other people sit in a room and talk about how subtle the difference is and how relevant a lot of the old stuff can be, except you got to do it in the right way. you got to do it in a tweaked way. So we can't just run out and go, here's the new deal. Article sites are cool. Because people just go, I mean, that might be actually a good stunt to pull because it, everybody's primed right now. They're so tense about that that they will come back and rail against it and draw all kinds of attention to you. And then if you can get them to understand what you mean by that, like what you right. just said about it, it's a search engine, it's a source of traffic. You're not doing it – if you were doing it for link building in the first place solely, and this was my thing since 2002, since PowerLinking came out, if you, if you uh, go and get links just to manipulate Google and not for direct traffic – then you're doing it wrong. And you were even then. That's why the Cold War between us and Google was started and, and how it, it remained so until Hummingbird came out. That was an f- official right. declaration of peace among us and, and Google for the first time in the history of the Internet. And nobody really got that. Nobody really got – because nobody was ready to sit down and take time and think about it and then tell people, okay, what does this really, really mean? And then so if you're an SEO, you're – you're a million different things to a million different people, and a lot of it is bad now. It's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that because you guys, somebody got me a link the last time they got me banned, or I had to go through all this hell to get my site back from Google because of something some SEO did before. And it wasn't the SEO. Google changed, and we kind of found a way to do something, and it worked, but uh, it wasn't in favor anymore. <laughs> so Well, you know, and, and but here's the simple secret. The, the simple secret, you can follow any bad advice you want as long as you know follow the link. Yeah. It's just that simple. If you want to do article marketing like it used to be taught, where you create two to three articles a day, throw it in some software that spits it out all over the darn Internet, that's fine. Because you'll get backlinks, and if your content's good, you'll get traffic. But no follow that link. Otherwise, you're literally going to tell Google, hey, I'm a jerk. Look at me and then kick me in the face. Yeah. Which is so You're ironic because for it. we hated no follow like a with a passion. No follow was one of the biggest depressing things for us for a minute uh, in the SEO and traffic world because it's like oh my god, everything that they're going to devalidate everything that all the work that we've done and everything. It was just the devil. It was awful. Here it comes in floating in 2014, 2013 as the savior. Thank God that, that pe- those people know followed my link because they're a bad neighborhood, and Google is going to come and ask me to get them to take that link down. And I, unfortunately, right. I avoided all of that with myself and my clients, but I've seen some people in some – they're still in really bad shape with, uh, with uh, links that Google is trying to force them to take down, or they're not going to rank them. And they can't go back and find them all. They went and got tens of thousands of links from all over sure. the place with people at sites that don't even watch them anymore. They don't log in anymore. There's nobody to contact. There's no way to take the, some of those links down. So, wow, we got saved by the thing we hated at one point, for sure. Yep. <laughs> now it is literally no your sa- savior. If you want to put your business So do you want to follow up with anything else about – I'm sorry? If you want to get your content out there, the secret is just no follow anything that could get you in trouble. That's really it. Yeah. So we now, digressed please, a ahead. little bit, but it was a good digression. Do you want to say anything more about your uh, about video marketing? Um, video was just telling people to use the freaking stuff they bought. I mean, it's silly to spend $200 on video software that you don't use and the whiteboard, hand-drawn whiteboard bundle and all that other stuff. Um, I myself have spent well over $200 uh, over the last year in video software. The difference is I actually use them. So I'm hoping that some people will take that as a kick in the pants, which is what I meant it for. And please just create some videos, put them out there somewhere. Okay, give us some ideas. If people haven't seen you, your stuff, what kinds of videos are you making? And I dare say it's probably a lot more than just landing page videos for sales letters, right? Oh, way more than that. Uh, I love driving traffic with video. And uh, the, the secret is to try to keep it under two minutes, keep it relevant, keep it to the point, and make sure you got a call to action. Um, 
you don't want an outright commercial because no one will ever share that with their friends unless you're completely ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. We're talking like, you know, naked streaking in a a church or something. No one's going to spread that around if it's a blatant commercial. Um, You know, solve a question, solve a problem. What I use video for is to teach people the things they need to know to buy what I sell. So, Mm -hmm. For uh, a video syndication product, I'll teach the strategy to syndicate video, a strategy that will work right now, and then lead them to a software that speeds the process up. Yeah. So, you know, uh, my father used to sell menswear, and uh, we were talking one day, you know, his kid being a a big marketer. He was online before I came by like four years, and uh, he had this big menswear business, and he came to me and he said, you know, my conversion rate is horrible. I said, okay, you've got that hot neighbor across the way. Ask her to do a video with you or someone else as the model showing how to, people to, how to size themselves for a suit. Put it up on YouTube and every other video site you can find and then guide them back to your website to buy the suit once they get their measurements. It just makes sense. To him, I was yeah. going a million miles an hour and it went right over his head. And, of course, he never made the video. But if he had, he would have gotten more traffic, which would have led to more sales. So um, literally any business under the sun, the the secret when doing any type of content is to understand where your prospect is when they hit you. And if there's anything you can do to remove any challenges they're going to face before they give you their money, that's the content you create to make them comfortable with buying from you. Give them the information they need to be comfortable handing you a credit card. I want to make sure that we repeat that just one more time, Ross, because that is gold for everybody listening. You use Uh, video to teach them the information they need to know before they buy from you. You're not using video up front to teach them everything. You're using it to get them to take that first step and only that first step. And too often I see people that use video to teach them everything, and they actually talk themselves out of the sale in the process. Sure. Well, that's great if someone paid you to do that. If they haven't paid you to do that, you can take some of your best information and put it out on the Internet, and that's actually what you should do. But if you – in fact, to be completely honest, you could have a YouTube channel with a majority of a product that you sell. You don't want to give everything away, but people will pay you to have it in an organized format. Nicely organized, step one is here, step nine is there, do all the ones in the middle in order, and then you have a result. You could have good chunks of your training products up on video, but you can't give it all away because then no one's got a reason to hand you their money. You're not providing them any service. You're just giving away your value for free. So as a business person, that's absolutely backward thinking and completely silly. Yeah, I saw a lot of people take that advice in the context that they understood it and just uh, exposed all their stuff. They thought that's what everybody was doing. And it's such a fine line. That's not what Copyblogger does. It seems like when you read a blog of the quality of Copyblogger or ProBlogger or some of those guys, Neil Patel, Quick Sprout, it seems like they're giving away the farm. But they never are actually doing that. You still are going to need them to, you know, and their products and services and things at the end of the day. But that's what makes a really good piece of content, right? That people feel like, wow, you're really taking care of me. And you gave me a couple of things I could do today, like we're doing right now. We, we can't have you spill out everything that you know about getting traffic today on a one-hour show. Well, only 50 minutes because we're just about done. But we can give people ideas about why they might want to come and check you out further. And then for our purposes, hey, they have really great guests. I'm going to keep tuning in every week. And, of course, right. we're not giving away the farm either. But a lot of people took that to mean I just got to give everything away. And then you just watched them fillet themselves right in front of the whole Internet. <laughs> it was kind of sad. But, you know, everybody learns. And uh, there's never too much giving. You know, you can always back off and, and get it right the next time. Very true. And, uh, you know, it, the simple truth is that if you had access to the account where you put the content up, you can always go and take it back down, reanalyze your process, yeah. Um, answer the important questions that people are going to ask themselves before they buy your stuff. 
and just get your stuff out there. Um, Gina wanted me to make sure that we talked about my, uh, I, I have processes for creating content. Um, they were very archaic. I didn't like that. I had to jump all over the internet and get ideas from here and do this and do that and do this other stuff. So I had my programmer create a software designed around not spitting out content for you, but assisting you in spitting out content that'll work. And I call it Epic Content Machine. Uh, Jack, I wish we had talked about it a little earlier so we had more time. Um, but really, it, it pretty much forces you to create epic content, the stuff that will get results. So um, I, Jack, I wish I could talk more about the systems. Jack, our people need this epic content piece. For sure they need it. So I'm going to leave it up to you Gina, to, do you have a link or... to make sure. Yeah. Can you Absolutely. hear me? Absolutely. Let's get people linked up. Yes, I think I'm on a little bit of a delay. Sorry. Okay, so just making sure that you can hear me. So I'm going to leave it up to you to talk to Ross to make sure that we get that into everything we do. In the meantime, Ross, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me by Googling my name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Epic Content Machine, a simple Google search will pop that up. And uh, it's epiccontentmachine.com, kind of hard to forget. Uh, great software will help people get content created very quickly. Um, and, and it covers everything. Uh, I used to go to six different blogs to get headline ideas. So what we did was we pulled their RSS feeds and all it does is display their titles. You click one that you like and edit it and then click a button and then it saves it. Um, we have 90,000 PLR articles that you cannot just copy and paste into your website. It forces you to rewrite each sentence individually. Um, wow. I have an, yeah, it forces you. you. You literally cannot take it. But there's an, it's, it's every market under the sun is there, and the database is absolutely massive. Again, 90,000 articles. And all you do is highlight the pieces you want, click a button, and then you can drag and drop and rotate their order. Click another button, and uh, you got your content. So uh, then there's a process that I created to speed write. That's also in, so you can do it off the top of your head as well. So, yeah, it's it's a smart piece of software. Really, again, I don't create robots. It's just not my style. I'll help you do stuff faster. I'll help you do it right. But uh, I'm not the robot guy. Never have been. So the Epic Content Machine is for those of you that are smart enough to know that robots will probably destroy your business. Awesome. And Jack You're Ross and I my had song, a great man. conversation this morning about his project management software and how we can integrate it into the bachelor's program, especially in the bachelor's accountability program. <clears throat> so you guys are all going to be hearing a lot more about Ross and all the software that DU is going to start using. Thank you so much, Ross. I, am, I don't know why it took us so long to have you on this show I guess we were just waiting for it to become Traffic Masters, which just happened a couple of weeks ago. Well, yeah, I've had a little bit of my own personal turmoil that has kept me from uh, being functionally available in the marketplace, and that finally is falling back into place, and I'm able to put, put a little more focus on my business. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm back, and you'll be seeing and hearing a lot more from me. <laughs> That's a very awesome. warm welcome back, Good to be talking to you and and uh, being back in your circle. I, I'm I can't wait to see uh, what what else we can do together. This is awesome. And There's it really a lot. Is only so 15 I'm, I'm minutes sure. up the road, Jack. For to so. you, not me. He needs to move to Indiana, up here in the beautiful Indiana. <laughs> no, you need to move down here with me and Ross and Roger. <laughs> Man, that would be an yeah. amazing conversation, the four of us, wouldn't it, Ross? Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you again. All right. Well, everybody go check on what's out. going on, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, guys. It was a blast. And next, we have our short segment with Jan Riley, founder of You Create You, who will be talking with Corey Michael Sanchez, one of the co-founders of Mojo Global Marketing, who is also a DU faculty member. They teach both video marketing and LinkedIn marketing. So here we go with Jan and Corey.
Hi, this Hi, I'm Jan Riley, and I am here with Corey Sanchez. Hey, Corey, nice to see you again. Hello. So uh, I want you to tell everybody about what it is that you do, because the video mojo is amazing. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. So, you know, uh, Mojo uh, Video Marketing, that's how we started about six years ago. We started in video because it was the most powerful thing that we've ever done for our marketing. We noticed that when we sent people videos of ourselves, you know, just little videos we sent using actually a flip camera, right? If you've ever used a flip camera, it was one of those really easy to use cameras that you just, um, you know, press the on button, hit the record button, and it just goes, and you just sync it to your computer, and boom, you got a video, and you can upload it right to YouTube, and super simple, and uh, a very easy way to produce videos. So we did that, and that's we did that to actually send messages out to people and get them to know us and build a relationship with us. And we noticed that the response rates were tremendous and they were so ridiculously high compared to just sending out a traditional boring email that we knew right off the bat, if we're going to do anything, we have to use it with video. Video is so compelling. It's, it's the best way to, to, to communicate. And we knew, you know, we just, and we were just looking at the numbers at that point and, and the people responding and so that was something that we, we did, and we, we noticed that it took a little bit of time for us to do, right? This was, you know, video wasn't easy. It's, it's not always the easiest thing, but based on the results, we knew we had to do it all the time. So after doing this for a while, we discovered that, you know, there's a number of steps here. So, you know, after figuring out the steps and doing that repetitively over time, we decided, why don't we make a, you know, a cool little software that actually automates this for us, and and we did that. We actually set out to 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 do it to complete this, and uh, we did. And it was amazing because it literally took us, you know, took what normally took twenty three thirty steps, and it did it in just a couple clicks of a button. And so that was our our flagship product that Mojo Video Marketing created in the early days. It was a video autoresponder. It was like a constant contact on steroids with video and videos that you could actually. Uh, we send to people's cell phones, which is powerful. Oh, we've it's been doing amazing. And, and, you know, now more and more people watch everything on their cell or their tablet. But, you know, well, I've used iJot for years because I thought, why? You just get off of the phone with somebody or whatever. They need to know who I am. They need to see me, hear me. And I love that you all came up with the video autoresponders because it's so much more effective. Yeah, thank you, thank, thank you, and and it is, and you're right. People, people are very visual. Everybody's got a little bit of attention deficit disorder, so people would much rather watch something than to actually read something. So, so we knew that right off the bat, and the, the mobile element was huge because we've actually been doing mobile encoded videos, videos you could watch on your cell phone, longer than Google or YouTube has, which is pretty exciting because I mean they're the the giants of the video world. Right, and they've been doing this for a while. But we actually were, were very early pioneers in this whole space, and and uh, and we knew it was, this was where the world is going. I mean, there's these days there's more cell phones on the planet than there are even toothbrushes, which is kind of wild, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm scary. But it, it's a changing uh, it's a changing landscape out there, and and you know somebody with uh, with video and and a way to get it to a, an audience is going to is basically going to 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 crush their competition. They're going to get more fans, more followers, more leads, more recognition. They're going to build more trust, and they're going to close more deals as a result of having video in their business and using it correctly. Well, that's what I started to notice is that. Um, Really, y'all focus on the connecting with people aspect, and you make the technology easy, which is really, you know, marketing isn't any different, but the way that we can use the tools to get in front of people has changed drastically. The best part to me about the video, especially the video autoresponders, is it lets people do what they're already really good at in business, and that is connecting with people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that's what it's really good for. And and actually, you know, we, we went out to, 
um, to do this. And we're like, wow, this is so exciting. It's so powerful. And we, and then we offered it to clients and then a lot of clients wanted it. And we ended up with clients in 22 countries and that's fabulous. And then we, we kept getting, you know, inquiries from our clients. They're like, this software is great. How do I add more people into it? And uh, so we went on a giant hunt for the best ways to generate leads and traffic. And so we tried almost, you know, everything. And we did blogging. We did, uh, you know, uh, telemarketing. We did webinars and joint venture partners. And we did uh, pay-per-click and search engine optimization. And so we did all of these. And then we kind of arrived at a really cool way of getting people in front of more of our videos. And it turns out it was LinkedIn. Right. And LinkedIn for us has been a huge way to generate traffic and leads, which is, you know, kind of blew our minds because, you know, we we actually ignored LinkedIn for a very, very, very long time. And, you know, most people don't know how to tap into LinkedIn. And uh, we made it our mission to do that because the average salary on LinkedIn is one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. And, you know, the average salary on Facebook is only sixty one thousand dollars. And on Twitter, it's fifty eight thousand dollars. So we looked at these numbers and we're like, we have got to tap into that. We have absolutely got to figure out a way. Uh, to make, and we made it our mission to get in front of a LinkedIn audience at the much higher net worth of people, so that way we could get our videos and, and in front of more individuals that were, you know, hungry prospects looking to looking to to do exact, you know, basically learning to use video in in bigger ways. And so, so that's another way that we've been using as of late. I mean, there's Mojo Video Marketing is where we started, and these days, you know, we've um, we've really gone on to really master some other lead gen and traffic systems, and uh, LinkedIn happens to be one of the biggest for us that just produces constant, continuous leads, daily leads, affluent leads, ones that you know are are the are a much better quality of prospect, you know. Yeah, that's great. So. Tell us a little bit about how people can find out about these programs. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, so our company's Mojo, uh, Mojo's website is mojovideomarketing.com, so you can go there and check it out. Okay, mojovideomarketing.com. We'll have it, and on there you'll see uh, three different uh, tabs, essentially. There's, we, we teach people how to generate leads using LinkedIn and other methods. Uh, we also... On top of that, teach people how to build relationships using videos. What kind of video should you have? What should it look like? You know, what, how long should it be? What should be the production quality? All of that stuff. And then we also help people close deals using automated video follow-up. And uh, we, we have that element out there as well because 90% of all transactions are done on the 4th to the 12th contact. And we show people how to get in, people and get in front of people over and over and over again. That way you can actually stay in front of them because the average salesperson makes a, and you're going to, this will blow your mind. The average salesperson, you know, makes about a 1.5 contacts with their prospect, right? If you do all the averaging across all the, you know, all the salespeople and sales teams, 1.5. And, and yet most of the sales are made on the fourth to the 12th contact. So we've really kind of perfected staying in front of leads and prospects. So not only getting the lead, building the relationship, following up with them, building even more of a connection and driving people back to a call to, you know, a call to action, a consultation, a, a landing page, all of that stuff and closing deals. And so, you know, we've really covered uh, the, the gamut on it, but it's mojovideomarketing.com. You can find out all the details you need about what we're up to and how we Once can again, help Once again, this you. is Jan Riley, and thanks so much for joining us. Stay tuned because we've got Gina Gaudio-Graves and Jack Humphrey. They're getting ready to continue with our special featured guest. And I want to invite you now to visit me on my website and at youcreateyou.com. So that you Well, Jack, what a fantastic show we just had for everybody. Are you still with me? I am. I was just telling you a million-dollar idea on mute. I was just going to say it seems like a steamroller. It's a a snowball taking uh, uh, bigger and bigger proportions and getting faster and faster every week as we start this new series at Traffic Masters. It just gets better every week. It really does, Jack. We have got 
so many great guests lined up for the next three months or so. So I can't wait to get to talk to all of them and bring them all to all of you to help you really with engagement and conversion and traffic. Absolutely. Okay, well, we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, with another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Thanks, Jack. Bye-bye. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.